that conviction. We receive your word today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Before I begin, I have a little uh, infomercial. You know, the Bible talks about the greatest commandments, and the second one is love your neighbor as, as yourself. And so next month, we're going to be having a journey weekend. And uh, I, I'm, we're just so excited because we've been a part of it. We got into it by accident. And... Uh, <laughs> Frankie and Rosie had a family engagement in New Jersey, and so we got drafted without uh, really a choice. And so we've been a part of the team ever since, and we've seen the tremendous amount of healing. I mean, you could pay thousands upon thousands of dollars for counseling, or you can come to one weekend of journey. And the amount of ministry that you get will bring healing. A lot of us are, are, are just dysfunctional, and you may not see it. We see it clearly. And so we highly recommend for you to come. It's only $108. If, if, that, if, if that sounds like a lot of money to you, then you obviously don't travel. Because $108, I mean, you may be able to stay in a Roach Motel for, for, for two nights. But two nights at a, at a resort-style place over in Titusville, with all your meals included, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the amount of ministry that you get that will set you free. That will not only affect you, but it will affect everyone else in your sphere of influence. And so I highly recommend that you sign up for Journey. If you need any further information, please see PL. So I want to speak to you on a subject today. Uh, normally we have the, the pulpit on the floor when we speak, but because this is a, 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 na- a prophetic in nature, and the prophetic ministry has an eagle's eye view, I figured, no, let me just leave it up here for this time. My wife is like, no, it looks better. You know, she's always a photographer and want to take pictures and stuff and post 7,000 pictures on Facebook. And so, but I want to speak to you on the subject of don't quench the spirit. Don't quench. Now, when I, when I use that, it's a scripture, but it's a catchphrase in a lot of circles. I, I don't come from, I don't have a testimony like a lot of people that are in this place. And I grew up in church. And so that phrase could mean something very different if you grew up in Pentecostal churches. And it could also mean something very different if you grew up in charismatic churches. But we're going to talk about what it actually means in context. Context is very, very important. Like me and PG will have an argument over who has the best, you know, um, Cuban coffee. And I'll say, the best one is Zaza's. And he goes, no, it's Hebrews. And when we ha- well, we had to go find out for ourselves. And... The fact is, is that the cafe con leche is better than Zaza's, but the cortadito is better than Hebrew. So we were both right in context, but we were both wrong out of context. So context is extremely important. So our text here is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, and it, through verse 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, and abstain from every form of evil. And so growing up, we've always heard, I always heard people just simply quote verse 19, don't quench the spirit. And that can mean very different things in different circles. And so understand that this house believes that Genesis to Revelation is the inspired word of God. 
but chapters and verses are not inspired. So a lot of times we'll take a verse and we'll stop and we'll build a teaching and we'll build a doctrine and we're pulling it out of context. Now, I don't think that the Pentecostals or the Charismatics were too far off, but I want to speak to you about this subject matter in context. And the reason why is because we are in social media and there's been a lot of upheaval because of uh, predictions that were made and predictions that either did not come to pass, seemingly not did come to pass, and the amount of, and my main concern really is the aggression that was taken upon, not all, but some of the ones that I consider and PG considers and elders in this church consider true proven prophetic ministries and to label them false prophets. And I realized, because let me tell you what my assignment is. First of all, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to serve in this house. Um, although I wasn't part of Living Water and OHOP, PG and I, we go back, and Shani was not even a year old. We worked together in the ministry uh, at OCC. You down with OCC? You know me? And so, and PK and PL as well. Happy birthday, Darren Armstrong. He's in Jacksonville. He also was with us working. So we worked together in ministry there, uh, non-traditional ministry, I guess. But now we're together in ministry. And so it's an honor for us, me and my family, to be here and to serve under PG and Janice. We believe in him. We believe in his vision. But my assignment when I came was to help teach and implement the fivefold ministry and to bring understanding and to help implement teams. And we've already have a dream team that's fully functional. We want to have a prophetic team. We want to have a healing team. And so there's just all the gifts of the spirit. There is freedom in his house for that. Uh, but freedom can mean a different things in different people's minds. And so we want freedom, but we want order. And some people don't understand. And some people think that's a contradiction. And, um, and so what we need is we need the logos of God. That's the Bible, right? But we need the rhema of God. And they never contradict. They never contradict. And so I want to talk to you about don't quench, in the, don't quench the spirit. But the context here is... Do not despise prophetic utterances. Evidently, there had been some issues in Thessalonica, which is a city in Greece, and they had people that were uh, claiming to be prophets and prophetic ministries, and they were giving words, and a lot of the words had fallen to the ground, did not come to pass, and there were people who were just disillusioned with prophetic ministry. And so Paul, who always held people accountable, and we have to hold people accountable, didn't want him to go off balance and throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so he told them, don't quench the spirit, but how he defines quenching the spirit is despising prophetic utterances. We don't want to despise prophetic utterances. We're going to talk about what is the true prophet and what is the false prophet. Okay? Because we're going to find out that a true prophet can miss it. And a false prophet can be right on target. I didn't grow up being taught that, right? I was taught, I was a two-book Christian growing up, right? If you didn't understand something, it was like, oh, that's the Old Testament. Uh, that was me. So if that's you, I'm, I'm talking about myself, so don't get offended. But that was my mindset. Oh, you know, the difference between the Old Testament prophet and New Testament prophets, the Old Testament, they, there was no room for grace. If they missed it, they were stoned. And I believe that because, you know, I was a little kid. I'm growing up in church, and that's what I was told. And if somebody, you know, knew anything different, nobody was saying anything. So you just, you just pick things up because that's what you just learned in church, 
right? And then a funny thing happens when you read the Bible. Not the Koran, not the Book of Mormon, not the Watchtower magazines, but the Bible. And I found out that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was not a mean father in the Old Testament. He's a good, good father in the Old Testament. Okay? So we're going to talk about that. So um, because I'm going to be dealing with the subject of the prophetic, I just want to give you a little disclaimer. And it's my Amos 714 claimer. Disclaimer. I'm not a prophet, nor am I a son of a prophet. And so what gives me the authority to speak on this subject, and I'm not one to ever be a, what do you call it when you drop names, name dropper? Yeah, I'm not one to drop. Now, if I'm in a rough neighborhood, that's a different story. I'll be like, yo, I know Luis Castillo. And all of a sudden, everybody backs off. Because everybody knows he's the Suge Knight of the kingdom of God. So other than that, I don't, I don't name drop. I don't go about bragging about who I was with and, and who I knew. But I, I just want to give a little disclaimer this morning that when I was 18, uh, I gave up a scholarship to DeVry University in New Jersey. And, and I flew all the way to San Antonio, Texas. And I was in Bible college from Monday through Friday. And we had chapels. So to me, chapels church. But the president of the Bible college was, was very, very, uh, let's see, he used the word austere, strict. And, uh, he, was a mean, he was a mean dude. That's what he was. And he made us find a local church. And there was no subways. There was no buses. I'm from New York City. It's like, oh, my God, how do you get around this place? And so um, there was three churches that kind of outgrew uh, their sanctuary. So they used the chapel service at our Bible college. So I said, okay, let me just find the one that fits my schedule better. You know, the wacky, I didn't have to wake up early or, or stay up too late. I missed the basketball games. And I was 18 years old, right? So... <laughs> And um, so I wound up being a part of this uh, Mexican-American church. Their English department had outgrown their Spanish department. And they began talking about prophets, and they were holding schools of the prophets every six months. And they were talking about, and so they invited this guy. He looked like Santa Claus with no beard. His name was Bob Jones. So I was 18 years old, and every six months he would come to our church, him and Augustine Alcala, and uh, a Mexican prophet from Phoenix, Arizona. Any of you that know IHOP history, know that know those two names okay if you only know one you don't know the full history so those two guys would every six months so this is my prophetic training this is my introduction because growing up in the Pentecostal churches in the Bronx if you they had like this uh, mathematical equation tongues plus prophets plus interpretation equals prophecy I don't know where they got that from but that's what they would tell us. And so if you prophesied on a consistent basis, they called you a prophet. We had the Hannah Banana guy at our church. Uh, I had to hold my head down and not laugh because my mother would peel, pull my ear if I would laugh. But he would, he would stand up and he would hold the balcony up in, the, in our church. We had a balcony. And, and, and it was... Everybody bowed their head in reverence because God was about to speak. And so, so that was our experience. So now I come and I'm, I'm sitting under these guys like Bob Jones and Augustine Alcala, and they're talking about dreams as if they could actually have be a message from God. I'm like, what? I had heartburn. What are you talking about? And, and visions, and they were talking about angelic visitations. I'm like, this is blasphemy. And it's like, what in the world? These 
it, but it was an eye-opener. Everything they said was biblical. So it was such a great, enriched training. So now when I, I was 18 years old, 19 years old, that was my introduction to true prophetic ministry. So now when, when, when the prophetic becomes the, the craze and the phase and, oh, this person's a prophet and that person's a prophet, I'm like, really? Okay. So there's, it's a very high standard that, that, that we've seen in the church. And so I want to talk to you about it because Paul said, don't despise prophetic utterance. So, so I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but I've been exposed to some high-level prophetic ministries like Bob Jones. Bill Hammond was a teacher at my Bible college before he started CI in the Panhandle. And, um, and of course, our family has gotten to know uh, Paul King before he passed away. And then uh, I was mentored by a guy named John Paul Jackson, who trained me in interpretation of dreams and visions and the art of hearing God. These are courses that we brought here in this house. So I want to talk to you about something really important. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. So this whole concept of Old Testament prophet and New Testament prophet um, has no biblical basis. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? And so my, my assignment was how, in the midst of everything that was going on, you know, where people were prophesying this and prophesying that concerning the election, um, how do we maintain integrity for prophetic ministry, especially when we want to develop it in this house, okay, in the midst of people missing it, uh, seemingly missing it, and the chaos that surrounded that. And so um, in Jeremiah... 15 verse 19 it says thus says the lord you shall stand before me if if you can extract the precious from the vile then you shall be my mouthpiece but growing up in church we've always extracted the vile from the precious we always look towards the negative if you can extract the precious from the vile because god is still speaking today but he's speaking through you and I, and we are imperfect vessels. And so if we don't understand that, then we want to look at it through the, through, the, through the eyes of our ecclesiastical upbringing and think, well, if you missed it, you're a false prophet, and we've got to stone you. So I want to talk to you about that this morning, okay? Um, so the guy that I was mentored by in, t in terms of dreams and visions was a guy by the name of John Paul Jackson, and he was uh, famous as far as being one of what was called the Kansas City Prophets. And during a throne room experience, this is what the Lord told them. He said, revelation plus accuracy plus consistency equals credibility. There's a lot of people that have revelation, but they may not be too consistent. And they may not be too accurate because they are growing in their gift. In the Old Testament, <clears throat> some people think, oh, in the Old Testament, they... They, they, if, if they miss it, they were just stoned. And so it was like 100% accuracy or you were labeled a false prophet. So if you read the Bible, you're going to find out that Samuel opened the schools of the prophets. And the schools of the prophets contained the sons of the prophets. These are people that had a prophetic call in their life that were groomed and trained to move and grow in things of the prophetic. So nobody starts off with 100% accuracy. Okay, so revelation plus accuracy plus consistency, you can leave that up there, equals credibility. Once you have credibility, credibility plus character 
equals authority. Credibility plus character equals, because there's a lot of people I've known with a lot of credibility, but they lack in character, and then they lose their authority. Okay? Because the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. God gives them without repentance. Okay? But your credibility is something you can build and lose like that. And so I want to talk to you about that. Proverbs, I want to talk to you about um, what does it mean? What does it mean to quench the spirit? And in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 through 6, Solomon gives us this word. He says, every word of God is tested. He is the shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he reprove you and you be proved a liar. Very, very strong words. But we want to create an atmosphere of grace. We want to create an atmosphere where you can grow in hearing the voice of God. Too many people have this Old Testament mindset, oh, if I miss it, I'll be labeled a false prophet. Not in this house. In this house, we want you to hear the voice of God for yourself. There's some, there's some context to that, all right? We don't want any parking lot prophecies. Everything needs to be observed by leadership as you grow and develop credibility amongst the leadership, okay? And so 1 John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets. Now listen to that. He opens up, beloved, believe not every spirit. That's not just demonic spirits or angelic spirits. That's human spirits as well. So don't believe everybody that comes and says, thus says the Lord. Because there's many false prophets. Right? And I grew up with false prophets. This person misses it. They're a false prophet. We got to stone them. No one actually stones them today. But it gets really worse when they put a YouTube video on you and and your, and, and your credibility, credibility is lost. So I want to talk to you about what it means, what it means to quench the spirit, okay? Number one, let's talk about the purpose of prophetic ministry is to glorify God. It's not to glorify the individual. It's not to glorify the prophet or the prophetic in instrument that God is using because not everybody that prophesies. The Bible says you can all prophesy, but now, are all apostles or all prophets? No. There's a distinction between ascension gift prophets in Ephesians 4 and the gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. So just because you, now, growing up in church, if you prophesied, you were labeled the prophet. You know? It just made sense. It's just not biblical sense, but it made sense to the natural mind. And so in Deuteronomy 13, it says, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, because there's a distinction between a Nabi flow prophet and a seer. Come to some of the classes and you'll, we'll get, dive deeper into that. But if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or a wonder comes to pass, comes to pass concerning which he spoke to you, but, but says, let's go after other gods whom you have not known, let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, 
But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has, not, he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord. Your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God has commanded you to walk, you shall put away the evil from among you. So here is a prophetic ministry that gives a word and it comes to pass. It is accurate. But the person is leading you away from God. So the definition of a false prophet is not one who misses it. It's one that leads you away from the Lord. This is Old Testament. This isn't even New Testament. When John dropped at the foot of the angel, the angel says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Not my testimony, not your testimony, but the testimony of Jesus. So true prophetic ministry will always testify of Jesus. It won't bring glory to the individual giving the prophetic word. So we need to establish that. This is Old Testament. Old Testament. And so Jesus also warned us about false prophets. In Matthew 7, he says, beware of the false prophets who come to you in... Not in shepherd's clothing. I'll be 53 at the end of this month, and I'm telling you, I've seen way more false prophets sitting in your seat than standing where I'm at. They come to you in sheep's clothing, not shepherd's clothing. That's what Jesus warned about. Those people that come into the house, and they act all spiritual, and they wait for you to get into the parking lot to give you a prophetic word where no elder can oversee that word to see what spirit that they're operating under. In sheep's clothing. That's what Jesus said, in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. That word ravenous in the Greek is an extortionist. You will know them by their prophetic words. No, that's not what it says. You will know them by their doctrine. No, you will know them by their fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. So if you are good and you miss it, it's okay. Notice another thing is you could, you could plant an apple tree. It's not going to grow apples overnight. It takes some time. So watch it grow and see what kind of fruit it produces. You guys doing all right? And we're not talking apples and oranges. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, self-control. Against such there is no law, Galatians 5.22. So we're talking spiritual fruit. So the number one way is does it glorify God? The number two way of testing it is the fruit. What fruit are they producing? Number three. Here's a novel idea. Is it scriptural? Because if the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to prophesy and it goes against the scripture which was inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict himself. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is ever a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Spoke from God. So is it scriptural? 
Oh, it's quiet here this morning. They're processing. And so when you look, when you read the Bible, very few of us have read it, okay? Um, and that's not a slam. What I mean by very few of us have read it is that what you actually are reading is an English translation of the Bible, okay? Unless you are fluent in Hebrew or Greek and Aramaic, we haven't really read the Bible, but there's tools to overcome that, okay? So when, you read, when you're reading through the Scripture and it says the Word of God, at least in the New Testament, there are two different words for word, W-O-R-D. And one of them is the Logos, and the other one is Rhema, and they are not the same. The Logos is Jesus Christ himself manifest in flesh. The Logos is the Bible that you carry with you. It is Genesis through Revelation. It is a closed canon. No one will add to it or take away. Well, they, I guess they could, but um, they'll experience wrath later. That's another story. <laughs> Rhema, though, is a tailor-made word. Rhema can be a word of God today, but it may not be God's word for you tomorrow. Okay? And in Hebrews 4.12, it tells us that it's, but the rhema is the sword of the spirit. When the Bible talks about put on the full armor of God, right, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, we gird our loins with truth, we shot our feet to preparation of the gospel of peace. Anybody ever read Ephesians 5? Ephesians 6? Okay. And the shield of faith and taking up all of it defensive and taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So in Bible college, we used to carry these pocket Bibles and say, I got my switchblade. And, of course, we were wrong uh, because that's logos. The sword of the spirit is the rhema of God. So if I'm not hearing God, I shouldn't be involved in warfare. Rhema is the now word of God. Okay? And Paul, well, not Paul, but the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that the logos of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, which means I can judge any prophetic word with the Bible. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, it's living. The Bible is living and it's powerful. Amen? So, number one, when we're judging these ministries, number one, does it glorify God? N number two, does it bear fruit? You shall know them by their fruit. Number three, is it scriptural? And number four, is the individual willing to be judged? And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where the rubber hits the road. You know, we've served in leadership at several churches, and when we had to pull someone aside, it's not always pretty. They don't always, people don't always like correction. No matter how lovingly and how sweet it is, you can't tell me. I have the word of God. No, you were off. That wasn't right at all. But we love your effort. And we want to not discourage you. We want to encourage you to continue hearing God. But that was off. And we have a duty because we love you to bring correction. Okay? Because we want you to grow in your gift. We don't want you to shy away. It's okay to miss. Okay? It's okay. We'll talk about that. But are you willing to be judged? It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, And let the prophets speak. Two or three, and let the others, let the others judge. Okay? If I really have the word of the Lord, then that's not the word of harvest. So I'm not worried about anybody judging my word. If it's my word, then I'll be worried about it. But if it's the word of the Lord, 
let the others judge. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, which means, this is, some, this is a shocker for us Pentecostal folks, we are in full control. Full control. So when we would teach these courses, uh, we would do exercises, and some of the exercises is we would put someone in the middle, and we would surround them with people, and, um, and then we would have them close their eyes, and the people would rotate, and then we, they, we would say, stop. And then when they open their eyes, whoever's in front of them, when I look at you, I see this. And they would, we would help them exercise their prophetic gifts. But one of the exercises that we would do is in the middle of them talking, we'd say, stop the exercise. And some people would continue going. Why? Because I have the word of the Lord. <laughs> I don't care what you have as long as you have control. And if I tell you to stop, then you need to stop. Well, you, but, but the Holy Spirit is inside of me. It's giving me this word. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So I'm more concerned about self-control, one of the fruit of the spirit, than I am you ministering in the gifts of the spirit. Okay? We want a balance of gifts and fruit. We've seen too many ministries discredited because of lack of fruit and lack of self-control. And we don't want you to experience the shame of have not having learned that valuable lesson. Does that make sense? So the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. For God is not the God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. If anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize the things which I write are the Lord's commandment. But if anyone does not recognize this, then he is not recognized. So we will not recognize you. Okay? We want you to grow. We want you to grow in the gifts of the Spirit. But we're going to do so in order. For your sake, we want to protect you and protect the people that you minister to so that this is a safe place. Okay? Because we've seen some things. We've seen a lot of things. <clears throat> but let all things be done decently and in order. Love people love to quote that last verse, but they forget to quote everything that's in context from. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he first reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Plural. That word is plural in English. It's plural in Spanish. It's plural in Greek. It's plural in Hebrew. It's plural. If God is telling one prophet something, he's telling a prophet somewhere else the same thing. This is why we have confirmation. Okay? This is how we establish confirmation. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, it shall be confirmed. Okay? So I want to talk to you. I, um, when, uh, when I was growing up, I used to love westerns. And one of my favorites was this Clint Eastwood movie called The Good the bad, and the ugly. And so I put together a lesson, and this I'm not going to do it now because it's not fitting for this, but I just want to grab some, some points of this. But the true, the false, and the presumptuous. Because we need to be able to distinguish what is a true prophetic ministry, a false prophetic ministry, and a presumptuous prophetic ministry. Because in Deuteronomy 18, it says, And you may say in your heart, How shall we know that the word which the Lord has not spoken... Everybody's saying, thus saith the Lord. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or true, 
then that thing is not is the which the Lord has not spoken. That's pretty simple, right? It didn't come to pass, so God didn't say it. Does that sound pretty simple to you? But let's backtrack. It says when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord. It doesn't say when a false prophet does. We're reading that a bit too quick. So you can be a true prophet and miss it. Okay? But we're ready to stone people. And then we get people in here because of their um, past church experiences that tremble in fear when they're given the word of the Lord because of something they experienced in those other churches. This is a safe house. But we need to do it under covering. Okay? Amen? The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of them. Okay? So it's okay to miss it. I got four kids, and I was there for every single one when they were born. And I promise you, all four of them, it was messy. Not a single kid came out clean. Hey, Dad. <laughs> all full of embryonic fluid, and the placenta comes out, and it was a mess. But it was a birthing, beautiful process. Okay? So when you begin to move into things of the prophetic, it may get messy. But that's okay. That's why we have leadership here, to clean you to siphon the stuff out of your nose so you can breathe for the first time, to clip the cord, to make sure you're wrapped and warm. That's what we do. This is a safe place for you to step out. Amen? Proverbs 14.4 says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. What in the world does that mean? <laughs> an ox is a, a relative of a cow. And, and a buffalo, okay, and bison. And so what they have in common is they have four stomachs. And God, I wish I had four stomachs yesterday at Texas de Brazil because we had a feast yesterday. My God. But the funny thing happens when you have four stomachs. You have a lot of mess. And so my father's side of the family is from Dominican Republic and all of our, our holla, and all of... But bueno, all of our, all of my aunts were cattle ranchers. Uh, my grandfather, though, was a pig rancher, and so uh, with a lot of with the cows, it's a wonderful animal. But um, there's a lot of you want to be a cattle rancher, you got to be a professional pooper scooper, because with four stomachs comes a lot of mess. But Solomon made this observation. He said, "Where there is no oxen, the manger is clean." An oxen represents the power of the Holy Spirit because they would use the ox to plow the ground. Where there is no oxen, the manger is clean, but much increase comes from the strength of an ox. If we want the power of God, we've got to be ready to deal with the messes that come with that power because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's perfect. You and I are not. So we are subject to make mistakes, and that's okay in context, okay? And we want that. And that's why, you ever hear people say stuff like, oh, in the Old Testament, if you missed it, they would stone you. There was no room for error. And that's, that sounds so awesome until I read the Bible. And so if you had a prophetic call, you were enrolled in the school of the prophets. And what happens in school? You're educated. You're trained. You don't have it all together, okay? 
And so in the school of the prophets, they learn how to move in a prophetic ministry. And so there's grace, you know. And I think a lot of that comes from, like, in Samuel, right? Samuel chapter 2. Samuel. Samuel. And he goes over, did you call me Eli? Go back to bed. And finally, after a while, Eli gets it. Oh, okay, next time you hear that, say, yes, Lord, thy servant listeneth. And so, and in the next chapter, the Bible says that everyone, that God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground. And everyone knew from Dan to Beersheba, he had been confirmed to be a prophet. He had 100% accuracy. Wow, this little boy has 100% accuracy. But what you don't understand, because we don't study to show ourselves approved, is that in between chapter 2 and chapter 3 is not 10, it's not 20, it's not 30, it's a 40-year difference. But you're just reading the Bible. 40 years of learning how to hear the voice of God correctly. 40 years of growing in his gift. So that's why Samuel understood we've got to develop schools of the prophets so that we can train people. Okay? So we need that. Threefold cord. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 talks about a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And so we need to understand this when it comes to prophetic ministry because there's three parts of rhema. Rhema is that now word of God. Whether it comes in a prophecy, in a dream, in a vision, uh, the still small voice, uh, what you may call an intuition, an angelic visitation, there's three parts. There's the revelation, there's the interpretation, and then there's the application. A really good book is by this, well, he's not young anymore, but this young kid, he was like a jock, and uh, evangelical background, and he's pastoring a church in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, he takes over this church that believes in the prophetic ministry, and he thinks, that stuff is all crazy, and he winds up having an encounter with a prophet named Augustine Alcala, and he winds up being sent from St. Louis to Kansas City, and his name was Mike Bickle, and he has a guy named Bob Jones walk into his office. He has Paul Kane come and fly in from Texas. What in the world is going on here? And so he wrote a really good book called Growing in the Prophetic. And so there's three parts of revelation and of, of rhema. It's revelation, it's interpretation, and it's application. And so we need to understand the importance of it. So here's an example. In John chapter 12, you know, there's different ways God speaks. Right? He can speak to you from a scripture. He can speak to you from a circumstance. He can speak to you, an angelic, an angel can appear, a dream or a vision. Those are all different forms of rhema. One of the highest forms is if he speaks audibly. And one day in John chapter 12, Jesus is hanging out, and all of a sudden, God the Father speaks audibly. And his response was, Father, glorify thy name. And there came, therefore, a voice out of heaven. And God the Father says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the multitude, therefore, who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoke. How does God the Father speak audibly and some people not hear anything? And from the ones that do, some say it thundered and some say an angel spoke. Because where you are in relation to your intimacy with God will dictate how clear you hear the Father. That's not a slam. That's an encouragement to grow. And that comes with time. That comes with intimacy. Okay? So three parts is revelation, interpretation, 
and application. And then I'll have, uh, after I finish explaining those three, I have one story and I'm going to wrap it up. Revelation is any way that God speaks to us. And there are various ways. And so um, in 1 Samuel 3, 19 and 20, thus Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that he had been confirmed the prophet. So many of us get a prophetic word that we have a prophetic call and we want to run around with a title. There's a big difference between the calling stage, the training stage, and the commissioning stage. Okay? Because we got like two camps in the Bible, right? Two camps in the church, I mean. We got the camps where, where everyone has a title. Right? And then we have another camp where no one has a title. It's like, you know, we're in camp. Right? And so I couldn't imagine my mom, who's not even 100 pounds, me calling, hey, Wilda, how are you? She'd beat me with a metal broom. She's earned her title of mom. It would be disrespectful for me to call her a Wilda. You see? But then we have another extreme where everyone runs around with, oh, I got a prophetic word that I'm called to be an evangelist, so call me Evangelist Harvest. <laughs> I've got no training, right? I haven't led no one to the Lord. I haven't met, you know? It's like... And so, we, so in this house, we do believe in titles, but we're just not so quick to give it because we want someone to be established, okay? So we have someone like Stephen Galoza who has a long history and relationship with PG. I've recently been developing with himself, and he's earned that. He has a track record, not only in his character, but in his gifting. Everybody doing right? Amen. amen. All right, praise God. I got one Amen. So revelation, remember, revelation plus consistency plus accuracy equals credibility. Because we have people that flow in this house with revelation, okay? And they are accurate in their revelation. We just would like them to be, and they would like to be more consistent. And there's nothing wrong with that. We grow into that, okay? And that, that establishes credibility, and credibility with character. And character, right, gifts are given, but fruit is grown, it takes time. So credibility plus character equals authority. Okay? So it's really important to us. So we believe in titles. We're just not, you know. It, listen, if, if I have, if, this is what happens. You know the dollar bill is worth about a nickel? You know why? Because they keep printing more money than there's, they can be backed up by gold. So it has devalued the dollar. And that's what happens. We give titles to everyone. And then we don't really have value in what a true prophet, a true apostle is because everyone's an apostle. Everyone's a prophet. So revelation is any way that God communicates to us. But that's just the first step. The second step is interpretation. Just because you heard God doesn't mean you know what he meant by what he said. Anybody ever been in a relationship and not understand God? exactly what your wife or husband meant? I don't have time to testify. Because I may get stoned. But Samuel, the Bible says that, from, that God, that none of his words fall to the ground. None. That means he had 100% accuracy. And everyone knew from Dan to Bathsheba, he had been ordained and confirmed the prophet of the Lord. So now God speaks to him and says, how long will you mourn over Saul? Get up and go to the house of Jesse because I've anointed one of his sons to be king. That's the word of the Lord. 
And as soon as he goes there, he says, hey, listen, one of your boys are going to be king. Oh. And Jesse's like, oh, I know which one it can be. And he brings out not one, not two, but three of his boys. And, and, and each one, Samuel's like, oh, excited. Okay? And this is what God tells him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at his heart. Here is a prophet with 100% accuracy, and he missed the interpretation. He misinterpreted the word, and they didn't stone him because that's not what constitutes a false prophet. There's revelation, there's interpretation, and then there's application. I'll give you an example of a, we were part of a ministry in the past uh, that was very prophetic um, in terms of prediction. And one of the prophecies that went on, there was an election going on in Orlando, and uh, Buddy Dyer was going up for re-election. And the word that came forth was, um, the mayor of Orlando will be unseated. That was the word. And then Buddy Dyer won. So I'm like, hmm. I might have to have a meeting with the pastor here because he missed it and he's not owning up to it. So I gave him a call. Our schedules just kept conflicting and we just weren't able to meet. And I was in leadership at the church. And about three weeks later, the Orlando Police Department walks up into City Hall and arrests Buddy Dyer and removes him from office. I'm glad I didn't have that meeting. <laughs> because I realized something, that in order to be unseated, you've got to be seated. So it was pertinent for him to win the election for the prophecy to be fulfilled. So just because I didn't understand it didn't, mean, didn't make that prophecy wrong. So there are certain prophets that have prophesied that Trump is going to be a two-term president. R regardless of what you may or may not feel, and um, some people were specific that he would win this term. And it didn't happen. So the ones that were specific about this term, did they miss it? Maybe if they were specific, they missed it. The ones that weren't specific, Gro Grover Cleveland was the only president that was president two times that were non-consecutive. He was the 22nd and 24th president. He won. Then he lost, and he came back and won again. So Kim Clement may be on target. We're going to find out. But that's one of the reasons why we're dealing with this, because a lot of people are disillusioned, and we don't want you to be disillusioned with the prophetic ministry. A lot of people in the church have a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And regardless of what one person says or what one person does or doesn't do, does it nullify the Bible? Amen? And so, I, so there's revelation, there's interpretation, and there's application. So revelation is God speaking. Interpretation is understanding what he meant by what he said, right? I, I misinterpreted that word, right? So I'm glad I didn't have that meeting. And application is, okay, now that we know that God spoke, and now we know what he meant by what he said, now what do we do with it? And I've seen a lot of people mess up in this area. God's called you to go to Miami. And hey, where'd that person go? Well, they're in Miami. Well, it wasn't the right time. <laughs> Where do they go? Then they go on Miami and they're a mess because they missed the application and missed the timing. So God speaks to Joseph and gives him a dream and he has the, 
his brothers and his father got the right interpretation, but, he, but the application was pretty wrong. He shouldn't have shared that, that dream. But that was a result of immaturity. Okay? So revelation, interpretation, application, threefold cord is not easily broken. If we learn those three things, we will grow strong as a prophetic community. Amen? Amen? So I want to I wanna end it with this, and I want to um, quote for prayer. But there's a story. Now, um, I grew up in New York City, and so uh, we were very familiar with the Jewish community. And there's four different um, sects of the Jewish community. There's the Orthodox Jews, the Conservative Jews, the Reformed Jews. But the one that I'm most familiar with, I know Frankie understands this one, is the Hasidic Jews. And there is um, a, a Hasidic Jew by the name of Martin Berber, and he wrote a two-volume book. It was kind of like a... Uh, nursery rhyme stories. They were, they were biblical characters, um, they're not necessarily biblical in terms of accuracy in scripture, but they were just stories that um, created impact, like, you know, like um, the moral of a story type of deal. And so he tells the story, you know how Elijah mentored Elisha, and then Elisha attempted to mentor Gehazi, and that was disastrous. Well, one day, um, Elisha is going through this town, and this uh, woman stops him and says, listen, my son is going to serve you. And he said, I had enough of servants. Thank you very much. He goes, no, whatever you tell him to do, he'll do. So Elisha looks, he goes, okay. On one condition. She goes, whatever you say. He goes, on one condition. This is my condition, that he never questions what I do. Because the ways of God are hard, the ways of his prophets are even harder. Whatever you say. So they go traveling from village to village to village, and they get to this one village, and when they walk in, this, they realize that there's a drought going on, and they're digging and they're digging, and they're trying to build aqueducts to get water because these people are going to be wiped out. And all of a sudden, the people recognize that it's Elijah, and it wasn't a warm welcome, and they began cursing at him. They began throwing rocks at him. People went up to his face and they spit at him. And he just continues walking. And when he gets to the edge of the city, he turns around. Oh, thank you. I was like, yes, Lord. I hear, I hear the sound of angels. He turns around and he lifts up his hands and he blesses the city. And all of a sudden, water begins to pour forth from the earth. And the, and the servant is looking at, his, at Elijah like, oh, my God, what manner of man is this that he would bless this city after they cursed him and treated him so bad? I want to ask him, but I remember what the conditions were. Never question what I do. So he continues on. And those people are rejoicing because they have water now. They were going to die. He continues on, and about six months later, they go to this village, and it's getting dark, and he sees this woman, and he says to her, Woman, give us food to eat and a place to sleep. And this woman was poor. She, only, she was a widow. She only had a little son. She had a little hut with a mat, and she had a small cow. She was, she was so honored that the prophet would want to stay in her place. So she let the prophet and the servant sleep on her mat in the hut, and she slept outside. And she took the daily dosage of milk and made a meal for them, and her and her son fasted. And she was so honored. And in the morning, they get up and they leave. And as the prophet and the servant are walking away, the prophet stops and he turns around and the mother's holding her boy. And they're just so honored that the prophet stayed in their house. And Elisha looks at her and he lifts up his hands and he curses the cow. And the cow drops dead. And 
the servant was shocked. They go on to the next village, and Elijah's woken up early in the morning, and he sees his servant packing his bags. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, listen, I got to ask you a question. And I already know that I'm going to be ejected. But I just, he goes, okay, what's your question? How can you bless a people that spit in your face and curse you? And how can you curse this, this sweet old lady that blessed us? And he just laughs. He goes, that's what you think would happen? He says, if I had allowed those people to continue digging two more feet, they would have struck gold and it would have been the richest nation in the world. But what I did was I gave them water to sustain them, but they'll forever be poor. And you think I cursed that lady by killing her cow, but what you don't know is while you were sleeping in the hut with me, I was up all night wrestling with the angel of death because he came for that boy's life. And I struck a deal saying, take the cow, but leave the child. So now you can go home to your mama because the ways of God are hard, but the ways of his prophets are even harder. Just because we don't understand something does not make it not of God. I want you to stand with me. My time is up. I want to do an altar call, and I'd like the elders to come. Uh, that would be uh, PR, Rosie, PL, where's PK? All right, wherever he's at when he comes. I want to do a dual altar call. There are those of you that want to flow in the prophetic, but you're afraid. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be labeled the false prophet. There's the true prophets, there's the false prophets, and then there's the presumptuous prophets. And presumptuous prophets are simply people that are growing in the prophetic. There's a good book by Mike Bickle, Growing in the Prophetic. And there's grace here for you to grow. A false prophet is someone that leads you where? A false prophet is someone like Jim Jones, Father Divine, people that lead cults. They lead you away from the Lord. That's a false prophet. And you can be a false prophet and be accurate. How can that be? John Paul Jackson told me a story once that he was speaking in California. And uh, during his time, he gets up early in the morning at a conference and he goes, through the or goes down the boardwalk over there. And uh, it was a new age fair. And there were psychics and palm readers. And, and, and he looks over and the Holy Spirit says, that one's a fake. John Paul Jackson's like, I know. He keeps on walking. He sees another one, tarot cards. The Holy Spirit says, that one's a fake. John Paul Jackson's like, I know. And he goes on further. He goes, that one is real. And it shocked him. How can he be real? See, gifts are given. It says, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, yea, amongst the rebellious also. Ephesians 4 is a direct quote from Psalm 68. So the gift isn't revelation. The gift is the ability to receive revelation. Once you take that gift and, and, and take that satellite, if you will, whatever frequency you aim it to, that's where you're going to get your either information or revelation. You can eat from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so I want to do an altar call. Those that want to flow in the prophetic, because you can all prophesy one by one. And there's liberty here, there's freedom here to minister. What we ask you, though, is you have a word of direction that you come to one of the elders. 
Let them hear the word. Because before you get on this mic, we just got to protect everyone. We want everything to be done decently and in order. But we want it to be done. Let the prophets speak. And so this, if you look at the history of this church, this church began with a prophetic history. And so we believe this is a, a, this is a prophet organization. This is not a nonprofit organization. It is financially, but this is a prophet organization in the spirit realm. We believe in a prophetic ministry. Amen? And we also want to do an altar call for those that perhaps come from other ministries and you've been misunderstood. You've been rejected. You've been told to shut up, sit down. You missed it. You're false and you've been hurt. And so if that was you, we want you to come forth. This is a house of healing. This is a safe house. We do not want to quench the spirit at RCC. Amen? You know, before we give an opportunity for, for you to come up, I, I really, really feel something from the Lord, and I want you to, to hear me. Not every message is a rah-rah message for you to shout and come uh, at the altar because you need some, uh, a special touch. Every now and then, we need some solid foundation to grow us in the Spirit. We, we need, we, listen, we need solid, I feel the Holy Spirit teaching foundation to grow us and many of you that are used to uh, uh, being moved in your emotions probably totally missed some gold nuggets today and you're and you're judging uh, the service based on the fact that well that doesn't really apply to me yes it does apply to you and I wasn't going to do this, but I really felt led from the Lord to, to end it with this before we pray. We talked a lot about uh, Ephesians 4, right? Uh, the, the five-fold ministry. If, if, uh, I, if um, our, our marketing team could put Ephesians 4 up, I want to read this to you in the New King James, verse 11. I want us to read this. Harvest didn't, uh, uh, he, he didn't put it up there. I didn't put it up there, but today we're going to put it up there because I want you to see... While Harvest was teaching, I kept hearing this over and over and over again. That teaching like this will help us to be grounded to avoid deception in the last hour. The Bible, the Bible says that even the very elect can be deceived. Well, you know the, the Bible says that uh, we, He doesn't want us to be blown by every wind of but do you know that that verse is right after the fivefold ministry? Like immediately afterwards? What is the purpose of the fivefold ministry? Put it up there, guys. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. In the New King James, Ephesians 4, verse 11. We're going to read it together, but I want you to see the purpose, the greater purpose for teachings like this. Guys, I'm going to say this boldly. You need teaching like this. You need it. Does it, does it, does it affect your your reconciliation purposes, your, uh, your, your uh, purposes to get on fire for God, maybe not in that aspect, but we need sound doctrine to avoid deception. Not only that, so that you could flow with this. And I felt this. God wants every one of you to flow prophetically in this house. Well, I don't believe... I, no, no, I want to say that again to the five of you that said amen. I said God wants every one of you to flow and hear the voice of the Lord. 
But at the same time, he wants you to be equipped. And I want to say this boldly because I feel like some of you were very depressed or very heartbroken because you felt like, well, the prophets were wrong about this election. I hope and pray that you would strengthen today by this teaching. Now I want you to read, look at this. Look at this together before we end. I want you to read this together. You don't have to do it out loud. Look at what it says in verse 11. And he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. We had a teacher office today. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Now look at the next verse. He just talked about teaching and, and he talked about the fivefold ministry. Look at the next verse at verse 14. Follow along with me. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up come on say grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ you know why this teaching is important it may not move your emotions but it is growing your spirit and you must you must as a as a body of believer get as excited about teaching that will will grow your foundation theologically than being moved by a message message that makes you shout we need to embrace this because we're if not we're going to be shallow christians that shout at things that only make us feel good and we'll never have any substance can i hear an amen so i want us to close our eyes right now and i really uh, bear witness to what harvest was saying if you're here uh, and you say, you know what, I want to grow this, but I felt like uh, I've been shunned away. Or, or you may say, uh, I really have, I feel like I have a genuine gift. I just don't know. But today I feel like this is a safe place. I, I'm not going crazy. I can hear God. Some of you have been hearing God since you were little, but, but nobody had any place for you. Or they thought that you were crazy. Well, today God wants to restart that in you. And then lastly, as Harvest said, if you at one point felt, and this is the word that I feel in my spirit, shut down. That's the, the phrase that I hear. If you feel, if you have felt shut down in the past because uh, you, you were a seer or you were a dreamer or you, you heard the voice of the Lord in some way and, and you weren't uh, accepted in whatever circle, I feel like the enemy to some of you has convinced you just stop speaking what you hear. And God wants to resurrect that in you guys. God wants to say, you know what? And, and I love, I love when, when Harvest said uh, that, that about uh, the character and, and, and the things of that nature. Because, you know, the Bible, the Bible is so clear. Not many wise are called, not many noble, but God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You know, I put two hands up. I'm like, when people look at me, they're like, why are you the senior pastor? I said, take that up with God. I may not be the most qualified like some of you in here, but there's a, God did not choose Eliab. He chose David. Come on, say amen. And so I want you to, to, why is that important for you to know? Because you think in your mind that you have to be an Eliab. 
You have to have it all together in your mind. But God says, no, come like David from the field, all messed up. And God still says, that's the one. You could be sitting and you could be a young person, have no titles in this church whatsoever. And God is calling you a David. You may not have any experience and you may be hearing God more than someone who's been walking with God for 20 years. But God wants to authenticate and affirm that. Can I hear an amen? So that's you. Without any more hype or manipulation, if you feel like this is something that you feel the Lord is speaking to you about, and you need the Lord to affirm you again, you need to strengthen you in this area, or you even been hurt in the area, something that he didn't say, is, which is true, and I'll end with this, is although Paul said, I, ra I would rather you prophesy than speak in tongues, right? At the same time, I've seen more people hurt because of the gift of pro prophecy than any other the giftings. Because of the fact of us not understanding the theological need to be grounded in, in this truth. So if you've been hurt, if you've been hurt by the, by the prophetic movement, or you've been hurt by the, 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 the inability to articulate with confidence the voice of God because you have felt shunned, I want you to come out right now. Come on. I want you to get out right now. The, our team is going to uh, worship. And again, this is not a rah-rah message, but it's a message for you to grow. God wants you. God wants you. Come on. Get out of your seat if that's you. We're just going to pray for you. We're just going to pray that God will restore that ability, that God will restore you as a voice. Come on. God wants you to release the fact that it, you don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a title. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everyone right now. Everyone right now, lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to be a recipient. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus, that today your word says that we are qualified. Father, I'm asking those who've been shut up that today they will be shut up no more. I thank you that they will with confidence open up their mouth and speak the voice of the Lord. Those who've been hurt by prophetic ministry, I pray that you will bring healing. Those who've been shut down, I pray that you give them liberty in the name of Jesus. I pray right now for everyone watching that has been effective negatively in any sort of way and have felt shut down and that have felt oppressed. Father, I say you shall give them their voice again. And, and I hear this, some of you, need to stop beating yourself up with a spiritual bat. Maybe you've missed it, but as you heard today, you're not a false prophet. Maybe you've missed it a couple times, but does it mean that you're in error? It means you're just growing. So today, I say to you, release yourself from condemnation. And I release the voice of the Lord right now, the ability to hear your voice. And every one of us, come on, and every one of us, the ability to hear your voice without the need to be called a prophet or, or a prophetess. For the spirit of Jesus is a testimony of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing, raising up sons and daughters to hear your voice. Come on, just say, the Lord, here I am. Come on. Come on, just lift up your voice right now. Come on, let there be healing. Let there be healing. You will speak again. You will hear again. You will hear the voice of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
respectful I, I could point you out and say you struggle with confidence and here's what I hear the Lord I need you to speak because some of you have the word of the Lord on your lips but you're too afraid listen I feel the Lord all over me and you are the ones that could save someone from doing something ridiculous and you have the word of the Lord on your lips you have the word of the Lord on your lips but you don't feel confident about yourself and this is what I feel God wants to bring confidence in you that if you have the word of the Lord, deliver it. Because I hear the Lord saying, some of us need it. And I, and I could, some of you are intercessors. Some of you have been walking with the Lord with years. But you're still very hesitant to say, you know what? You could have a word that could set me free. You could have a word that encourages someone from not doing something or, or to, to go in a certain direction. But I feel so strong that because of your lack of confidence, hear me, that you hold back. I want to challenge you. If you feel that tugging in your heart and you, you feel that, that voice, is, if you feel like God has highlighted you somebody and you keep ignoring it because of lack of confidence, who knows what will happen to that person? Don't ignore the impulses of the Holy Spirit. If you feel someone's name is constantly in your spirit, guess what? The Holy Spirit's talking to you. We're a spirit-filled church. That means everyone that has a spirit of God inside of them has the ability to hear God's voice. I'm telling you, like I'm, like I'm holding this microphone, some of you, you'll be shocked because the people that God is highlighting to me are actually very mature people, but you feel you don't feel confident. Let the word of the Lord heal you right now. You don't need a title, but you could be the very person that God uses to save someone's life. The voice of the Lord will save your life. Can I hear an amen? Before we go, Pastor Keith, come up here. 
know you have a, a you have a word from the Lord. Yeah, and it, it goes along with what Pastor George was saying. Many of you are waiting to be part of a ministry team. That's not what God is saying. What he's saying is he wants you to go out and be the ministry wherever you are. It could be at your workplace. It could be in your home. It could be in your community. It could be in a grocery store. That he wants you to release that gift. So don't wait to be part of the dream team or the part of a ministry team. Yes, come and be trained and be trained up and understand how to flow in the gifting. But he disperses us into all these different arenas of life to carry his word. We are image bearers. And he's going to send you into dark places. It may be your workplace. It may be your community. It may be your neighborhood. It may be amongst extended family. It may be in the streets. We don't know. But he will send the light. And we are the light. And he will carry, he will release those giftings to you and through you at the oddest times. So that's why we want you to come. That's why we want you to acknowledge what God wants to do in your life and through your life. Because you don't have to be part of a specific team or arm of this. But he wants to use you wherever you are. And he needs to use you wherever you are. Because we can't go where you can go. So respond if that's you. I promise I'm going to let you go. Listen to this though. Listen to this. I can't get away from this. How many of you, honestly, I want you to be bold. Know that you hear the voice of God, but you struggle with confidence to release it. Come on. I know I'm hearing God. I know it. I know it. I want you to know God is highlighting you today. I feel the Holy Spirit all over my head right here. I know this is for you. The Lord says, there's the word of the Lord is on your lips. Don't be afraid. Don't lack confidence. Do you know? Watch this. I'm going to end it with this. What was the title of his message? Do not quench the spirit. Do you know you're quenching the spirit by not releasing what God has told you? Well, Brother George, I will never quench the Spirit. We think quenching the Spirit is doing some uh, gross sexual sin, which, yeah, that's obviously quenching the Spirit. But quenching the Spirit, said, right afterwards, it says, do not despise prophecy. So guess what? When God has something in you and you don't release it because of lack of confidence, are you ready for this? This is going to sting a little bit. You're quenching the Spirit. So let's learn not to quench the Spirit. And let's learn to be confident in the voice of God. Grow in your gift. And God will grow you. Can I hear an amen? amen? Fabulous job, Harvest. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. We love you. Father, I bless RCC. I pray that we have a bunch of bold, radical, confident people that are not afraid to say, you know what, this is what I feel from the Lord. And thank you for your grace. Father, I bless them. As they go, let them have a great week. And I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen their walk in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. Hug someone before you leave.
God bless you.